Well, raise your hand if you think we're living in a very interesting time in the world. If you think it's, if it's kind of a crazy time, there's things that have been going on um, that, that uh, we're seeing um, just a, a very interesting and, and different, and, and, it's, and it's a time that I, I think is going to really separate um, who, who really are, are the true followers and believers in Christ and, and the, the ones who are not. Uh, but we're seeing a time that's more and more hostile toward the gospel and a time where the church is continually called on and looked to in response to the things that are happening in our culture. And so as Christians, we've got to be prepared um, and we have to be at the forefront. We've got to be at the, be- the, the very front of going against our culture because that's what um, we are called to do as followers of Christ. We have to be the ones at the front fighting against injustice and going against the culture. And I want to have uh, just, a, just a talk tonight and, and look at the scripture of what, um, what this looks like and what it means and how we can respond to some of the things that have been happening over the past couple of weeks, especially last week in our life. And, and as a pastor, right, it's my job. You are my, you're my sheep. You're my, you're my little sheep, and it's my, it's my job to love you and to guide you um, to, to where I believe it, the Lord is, is leading us. And so that's what I want to do. I couldn't pass up the opportunity to speak on just a little bit um, about the, the recent events and, and attempt to see and, and look at what the biblical response should be. So we were, we were witnesses, and, and hopefully everybody's kind of heard or, or knows a little bit about what uh, some of the events that took place um, last week. And even if you don't, these are responses that can, can happen to any, uh, that we could respond to any tragedy or anything that's going on in the world. Uh, but, but they are events that regardless of, of color or age or background or wherever you come from, they, they're going to stir up some sort of emotion in you. Right? And, um, and as image bearers of God, people who are created in the image of God, which we believe that we all are, when, when, those, when there is loss of life from an image bearer of God, it should cause, it should cause us to grieve. It should cause us, cause us to be sad as believers because we believe right, that everybody is created in the image of God, yourself included. But if you believe that for other people, any loss of life, we should Grieve, and we should be as students, especially. You are on the front lines. You are on the front lines, and you set the pace and determine what the future and what the culture and society is going to look like, right? And I believe, uh, as for right now, that you guys, as students, are doing a good job. There's no doubt that that your generation is more um, colorblind, or, or however we want to put that, but however, we're still a product, we're still a product of our past, and we're still a product of our culture, right? And we have to think through, whoa, we have to think through issues, we have, to, we have to think through things that happen from a biblical worldview. We have to put on our, our lens, our, our Jesus lenses, or our, our gospel glasses, right? We have to look at the world through the lens of the Bible. And this is important. This is important because we are supposed to look different than the world. Right? We're supposed to look different than the world. The rest of the world doesn't look at life through the lens of the gospel. 
right? I, I, I'm that, and that's what we're called to. If you are a believer in Jesus, if you've placed your faith in him, and you now have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you should constantly have on your gospel glasses, okay? You should constantly have on your gospel glasses. These are the best glasses. These are better than any Ray-Bans or Oakleys or Costas or whatever, whatever other glasses that people wear. What are some cool glasses? Did I hit it? Ray-Bans? Those are, those are pretty sweet. Um, so, it's like when someone walks in, like if somebody walked in the door tonight and had on a pair of sunglasses, what would you, what would you be your response? Yeah, what, what are you, what are you doing? Why do you have, why do you have sunglasses on inside the building? Like it's going to be dark by the time we get out. What, what is going on? Um, so you would say, take those off. Similarly, when we're looking at the world through the lens of the Bible, through the lens of the gospel and what we know, uh, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we look at the world through this lens, right, if we have these glasses on, do you see where I'm going here? The world is going to respond to us and say what? Take those off. Thanks, Braxton. Take those off. You, that, that is not the way that, that we should behave, not the way that we should look at things, but as believers, that's what we're called to do, okay? So put on your gospel glasses all, all the time, regardless of what the world is saying, because we're called to look different, and we're called to, to stick out a little bit and be a little weird. So how, how do we respond then? The first way that we respond is with grief, with empathy, and with prayer. And the Bible says in Romans 12, 15, we're supposed to rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And our first response, like I said earlier, to the loss of life should be grief. Not, oh, oh, hold on, I, I, have, to wait, uh, I have to wait for the facts to, to come up before I, I, can, I can say anything to you. So imagine, just imagine, this, hopefully this won't happen, but imagine if, if somebody, like if somebody that I know, if their, one of their friends died, or like some, one of my friends, what if, their, what if their mom or dad passed away? And what if I went up to them and I said, you know, um, I'm, I'm really sorry that you're hurting right now, but I can't, I can't grieve with you yet until I know the, all of the facts surrounding your, your parents passing away. Right? That would not make any sense uh, for me. That's not the loving response or, or the biblical response because we see the proper response for us as Christians with our gospel glasses on is to weep with those who weep. Right? We must do our best to try and empathize. We have to try and put ourselves in somebody else's shoes and understand that even if you're not a, a member of the affected group or, or whatever has happened, we still weep with those who weep. And I could go on and on about this because you are a Christian first. Right? Your identity is rooted and found first and foremost in who you are in Christ. And because of this, you are reconciled to all people. You are reconciled to all people. This doesn't mean that we don't see and, and recognize and even celebrate differences among people. It's cool that we're all different, right? We all have different styles. We all come from different backgrounds, different history, and that's okay to celebrate, and that's awesome. But first and foremost, you are a Christian, you are a believer, and so you are reconciled to everybody else regardless of what they look like. And of light, in light of this, we should respond by weeping with those who weep, 
not with insensitive responses or, or with any kind of ignorance. Um, it's easy for us if it's not our immediate family or our immediate friends that are, are affected by something to, to, just, to just push it out to the side. But that's not the, the biblical response and that's not the way the family of God operates, right? So we, we respond um, by weeping with those who weep. The second way we respond is with quick ears, right? Ready to listen and slow tongues, slow to speak. Do you know this verse in, in James 1.19? It says we are to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Right? And in our, in our social media, Instagram, Snapchat-driven culture, everybody has a platform. Right? Everybody has a way of getting what they think and what they believe out way more than they ever have in the past. And too often we speak way too soon or spew out comments that we really don't think through uh, or, or don't really believe they will have an effect on anybody, but they do. Um, it's kind of like whenever uh, Kevin Durant recently made a decision. Um, and he's a basketball player that played for the Oklahoma City Thunder, my team. I'm from Oklahoma, right, if, if you didn't know that. So Kevin Durant, like eight years ago, he tweeted something after LeBron James moved to Miami, and he joined this really good, this team that was already good. He went and joined them. And Kevin Durant tweeted something like, what happened to the days of competitiveness? You know, we, we, should, be, we should be going after the best, not joining them. Right? And, and he tweeted this thing, and now it's been like eight years later, and, and Kevin Durant is now faced with a similar decision, and he makes a similar decision. And he goes to be uh, with a team that was already really good. And so what his decision now, people are bringing back up what he said in the past, and they're saying, well, you said this, why did you make this decision? I'm not bitter, by the way. Yes, I am. I'm very upset, very angry at Kevin Durant. But that's a, that's a side story. Um, so be careful what you say, right? You never know who's watching. You never know who's listening. And there's way more people listening and seeing what you say than you think. I promise you that. There are way more people that see what you say and see what you post, and they're observing what you do, whether you know it or not. People are way more observant than we give them credit for. You, you are the same way. You observe more about people than you know you do. You never know who's watching. And a lot of times we're, we're too fast to speak and we're not fast enough to listen, <clears throat> right? We soak it all up. We should soak up all the information and filter it through our biblical worldview because that's what we are called to do as Christians. So train yourself to be quick to listen and slow to speak, right? Quick to listen, slow to speak. The next way that we can respond to events is with understanding. With understanding. Right? The Bible says in Micah 6, 8, Micah 6, 8, he says, has he, he has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Right? So hasn't God told us what to do? To do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. Well, how can we do that? How can we do that? In order to, to know how to do justice, we have to understand each other. We have to understand each other. As I said earlier, we have, we have a tendency to only care uh, about things that happen unless they affect our immediate family, our immediate people that are in our lives. Right? When in reality, we don't know 
what it's like um, to be them because we don't try to know what it's like to be different than what we know, right? We must do uh, better to, to ask questions and to seek understanding. That there's, uh, there's undeniable history and hurt that comes with every person, even if we don't know them. It could be history that dates back hundreds of years, or it could be something that happened with them and their, their parents' relationship. There, there are hurts, and there are history behind every single person. And if we don't seek to get to know people on a deeper level, our response is, is not going to be sensitive, and it's not going to be loving, and it's not going to seek justice, right? We have to seek to get to know people in order to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with our God. We have to want to know people, to love people, and we want justice for all, right? It's not an either or, um, it's, it's a both and. You can grieve the loss of somebody and want justice for all those who've lost their lives, Right? Seek justice. We have to love kindness. Right? This command from God doesn't seem to have any conditions. It doesn't say to, to love kindness um, or to seek justice for a specific person or a specific people. Right? We treat all with kindness knowing that they are image bearers of God just like you. And we are to walk humbly with our God. Walking humbly is hard because we are a naturally prideful people. Right? If, you, if you look through the Bible and if you look into yourself a little bit, you'll know that you are prideful. And if the events of the past couple of weeks with all of the, the murders and all of the, the tensions that we've had in our, in our culture is any indication, you'll know that we are a prideful, we are a prideful people. And it's clear that we cannot do this on our own. We can't go through life on our own. We need our God. We need to seek him and walk with him in order to experience any kind of healing and reconciliation, right? We need him, and, we, and those things come by seeking justice and loving kindness. Walking humbly, again, does not view oneself better than anybody else or any higher than anyone else. On the contrary, walking humbly, right, with God puts God above all else, and all others below God, but above yourself, right? It's the I'm third kind of deal. Walking humbly with God puts God above all else and others above yourself. So seek justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. And then the last thing that we need to do is we need to know and we need to speak the truth. Know and speak the truth. The final response for us as Christians is to know and speak the truth of the gospel. Right? Have, you, have you heard me say, any time I get up and speak, I'm probably going to say something to the effect of the gospel speaks into every area of your life. Right? The, the Bible, the gospel speaks into every area of your life. And a lot of times people say things like, yeah, yeah, God is a big part of my life or church is a big part of my life, when in reality what we should be saying is that Christ is our life. So the gospel speaks into every area of our life. Right? And the early church dealt with some of these racial tensions and some of the things that we were dealing with um, today. So it's not, they're not new things, the, the issues that are with and between people. In Galatians 3.28, Paul says this, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. 
It's in Galatians 3, 28. We are all one in Christ Jesus. This is huge news, right? This is huge. In Jesus Christ, we are all one. Now, I want you to listen to Ephesians 2, 13 through 19. Just listen to what this says. Ephesians 2, 13 through 19. But now, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens and saints and members of the household of God. Right, firstly, we see here that the wall... The wall that has been built between man and God has been broken down by Jesus. We, we now have access to the Father again, right? The veil um, that was between us and the Father has been torn by the blood of Jesus Christ, by his sacrifice, right? We have access again to the Father, but not only, not only did, did, did Jesus break down the wall between God and man, he also broke down the walls between people. Right, the two groups in the Bible who used to kill each other are now fellow citizens and members of the same family. So do you see the, the implication here? Do you see how important it is that we understand what Jesus did for us and its implication for us in our everyday life? Right? We have access to the Father whenever we want it, and we are all one family now through Jesus Christ. If you are a believer in Christ, you are reconciled to everybody. We are all members of the same family. So the gospel drives me and everyone to identify with everyone, including the outcasts of society, the, the people that nobody really talks to, they, they are your brother or sister now in Christ, right? And, and those who don't look exactly like me, they are my brother or sister in Christ, right? They are huge implications for us as we navigate our culture and society and all the things that are happening. We have to know and we have to be able to speak the truth, We have to know that we are reconciled to each other through the blood of Jesus because that's the only thing that's going to bring us peace, right? That's the only thing that brought down, broke down the walls of hostility, just like Paul says. We need to be able to understand. We need to be able to feel that truth, right? We have to to be able to press in to it and, and be around people that maybe don't look like us all the time. We have to act on that truth, and we need to speak the truth. And so I would challenge you um, in, in, these, in these ways, these responses that I've given you. Um, this week you have a little bit of homework if you're down for it, right? I want you to read the whole chapter of Ephesians 2. I want you to read the whole chapter of it. I just want you to meditate on it. I want you to think about it. And I want you, I want you to pray for God to give you understanding and for you to be able to speak the truths that are found in Ephesians chapter 2.
The next uh, response would be this. Who do you hang out with that doesn't look exactly like you? Right? If, if we are all reconciled to each other, if we're all brothers and sisters now in Christ, do you hang out with people that don't necessarily look like you? And do you seek to understand them? Right? Do, you, do you seek um, kindness? Right? Do, you, do you love kindness? Do you, do you seek justice? Because um, we're not going to be able to do these things until we understand what it's like, until we try and put ourselves in each other's shoes, which we can never fully do. Right? Because like I said earlier, everybody has their own history, their own past, their own backgrounds, and those are good things, but we have to try and seek um, to, to understand what other people are going through in order to properly love them. And then the other thing is this. We have to understand that our identity is first found in Jesus Christ. Our identity is first found in being a follower of Jesus. Because through that identity, every, we, have, we have brothers and sisters in Christ. We are of the same household, right? We are, we are, we are citizens of the same um, country, uh, which will be heaven, right? We are reconciled to all people first and foremost because of our identity in Christ. And so respond with prayer, right? Be slow to speak and quick to listen. Seek understanding, love kindness, seek justice, and walk humbly with your God, and know and speak the truth. And be sure that always, always, always your identity is first found not in anything else other than your identity in Christ. We hope that you've enjoyed the message today and that it will be a source of encouragement to you this week. At Champion Forest Baptist Church, we desire to help people make sense out of life through Christ-centered living. And that's because with Christ, we have hope and true satisfaction. The Bible clearly states that all men have offended God by worshiping things He created instead of Him. We have chosen to reject His authority in our life and look for satisfaction in things He created instead of Him, which is ultimately pointless given that He is truly the only thing that can satisfy us completely. He is the perfection of everything we seek. The problem is, though, that once we have sinned against Him by turning to these other things, a gap is created between us, not allowing us to access Him anymore to find this satisfaction. God's character demands that our rebellion be accounted for before He forgives us. And this is the beauty of the message of Jesus. Christ is perfect in every way. He never rebelled against God, and He took upon our punishment on Himself so that we could be reconciled to God and be fully satisfied in Him, gaining eternal life. We need Jesus because without Him we are without hope, both in this life and for eternity. Turn to Christ alone for forgiveness and find satisfaction fully in our great God. Once again, thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you soon.